This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I was just going to ask you right before we were going to air, is it off the rails Friday? I can't tell. That's how you know it's really off the rails. When you don't know know it's Friday. (laughs) It's the Jays with their afternoon games. Throwing us a curveball. I don't know, like Jose Barrios, just throwing one down in the zone. Okay, is is it in his contract to have a really good year every other year? It's the stagger deal. That's okay. Listen, he'll take it. I'll take the bounce back after last season. He's Justin Bourne. I'm Nick Kiprios. We got Derek Brandeo, Jen Rolnick as usual, and Tristan. Let's have Mark it. Mark Johnny. Yeah. Filling right. in. For Sammy McKee, who's on assignment in where? Where's Cabot? Oh, Cabot. Has Just, he sent us any pictures? Yeah, he sent us one of a, like an 80-foot, 9-foot breaking putt by the ocean. I hate him. Well, if Sammy's out, we'll get Doug McLean in on his regularly scheduled Friday hit on the Real Kipper and Bourne show, which means that he hasn't listened to since his last time he's been on. No, he probably hasn't paid any hockey attention, but we'll get his info. Get his input. Oh, and I'm sure he's got uh, a handful. So where do you, let, let's start with the insiders first. And yeah. we've got a great one here at Sportsnet. Elliot Friedman via 32 Thoughts saying that the Leafs are pushing for an eight-year deal on Austin Matthews. We love Elliot, but is that not stating the obvious? Well, that is stating the obvious. What, what would? Why would the Leafs not want an eight-year deal? For sure. But the fact that he made... You know what? We actually have the clip. Why don't we listen to Let's that? Let's listen. Let's do that first. You know, Brad Tree Living did go to Arizona last week, and he met with Austin Matthews. I have been convinced he's signing. Now I'm even more convinced he's signing. Like, I don't know how much they talk contract, but the one thing I remember is... When was the last time that Brad Tree Living had dinner with someone? Uh, was it Huberto? Yes, it was Jonathan Huberto in Montreal. Mm-hmm. So three days after he signed the extension with Calgary, the eight-year, $84 million extension, it's already been longer than three days since Tree Living met with Matthews. So we're not going to beat that. But I still am convinced that Austin Matthews is going to sign in Toronto. I think Matthews, and especially the people around him, they look at there's been two more big contracts in his future. I think the Maple Leafs are going to try to get a max term deal out of this. I don't know what the likelihood is, but I think they're going to try. What did Elliot ask uh, Jeff? When was the last time Brad Tree Living Have had dinner, dinner with, with somebody? He's been alone since. I, I got to think he's had dinner with somebody else between that signing. I think and, his point and... is he's a closer. He's a closer, ABC. Um, I'm does that make you feel a little better if you're a Leaf fan? Yeah. That uh, Elliot's really convinced that he's going to sign? Yes, it does make me feel better because, you know, Elliot knows stuff. Um, I am surprised, though, and I did want to talk about that a little bit today. Um, Just because we had talked about potential next contracts for Matthews and what they would look like, it looked to a lot of us that it set up the five-year deal to take him to UFA as young as possible. You would then want him to, you would think, if he's trying to earn all the money he could, like a three- to five-year deal, then he's still 29 when he signs his next deal, and you can give him another eight-year deal at that point. Eight years now takes him to 33 years old or something like that. Not sure teams want to do eight years at that point, but boy, for the Leafs, you love the, the idea of it. 
I, I don't see an eight-year deal at all. And technically, they are negotiating still in a pandemic cap world, which means it's flat next year. And would Austin and his representative, uh, Judd, be in a position to really forecast that this is where the cap's going to be definitively? Therefore, I want this number now. And I'm not sure he can get that number. The the one the the number that you foresee in the next five to six years, mm-hmm. meaning that I, d- I don't touch the eight, yeah, or the seven year deal. If I'm Brad Tree Living and I'm talking to Matthews, I say you know you present him with if you do an eight year deal, you, you know you look like these other guys who care about their team, you want to stay, the city loves you. If we give you fourteen or thirteen. It's an $8 million difference over eight years. It's not a huge swing in where you're going to be in your life. But the fans will love you if you do 13. Would you do eight times 13 somewhere in that neighborhood? I, I can't see him touching 13 for eight years. No. No. You want 14? I would think he, or 15. 14 or yeah. 15 Boy. would be a number on eight years for me. If I'm Judd. You know what kills me about these sort of contracts is I see people saying like, you know, what about McKinnon did 12.7? Or what about uh, Kachuk going into this past year did 9.5? That Kachuk deal immediately looks like the Marchand and McKinnon deals that looked so bad for so long. If if Austin would do that, he'd be such a hero overnight in this city. And what is the value of that? Honestly, what is the value? Like in terms of future earnings, your reputation, your ability to win. Yeah. Which is which? This year, his his reputation took a a step back. I think so. No J- question. Just, just as a player, as a player, and he wasn't one of the ten best players in the NHL this year. I as don't think. as a guy, eh, that, that, just simply for me, as a guy that you can watch. This is just forget analytics, forget about goals and assists. Let's go with optic analytics. There's your new term from the real Kipper and Bourne show. Perfect. Optic analytics. Yeah. And I'm evolving. Thank you. <laughs> nice drop. Nice, nice drop, Monty. He didn't pass that one for me. Yeah. When I look around and I see other players and McKinnon last year or Eichel this year, the optic analytics says that guy's all in. All in. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of his and wrist hurt. There's a lot of questions. I, that, stop it no, with no, the but that's wrist the point. hurt. But that's, that's I, the point. That, that makes me nauseous but, when, when I hear eh, his wrist. Because we he was playing the way he was, people asked those questions. The way he was playing led us to those questions. So even if it was or it wasn't, you can say there was a definitive noticeable difference. Matthew Kachuk playing with a broken sternum. Ugh, that was... like. That's intense. Like Austin that's too much, by the needs... way. You shouldn't do that. <laughs> don't try that at home, <laughs> no, folks. don't. But that's where Austin just has everything going for him. But that's the one thing that's missing is when we watch you this season, you don't look all in. Well, the year before when he won the Hart Trophy, I felt like there were times when he looked like Giannis Antetokounmpo. Antetokounmpo? How'd I do? That was better. The Greek freak. The Greek freak. Going through the neutral zone, just like slicing powerful big through the middle, looking like, you know, prime Adrian Peterson. Yes. That wasn't there this year. Carrying players on his back right. and still getting to the net yes. and driving and finishing. Yes. he. So that wasn't there for him. Still, I think 
he has earned you know, earn the type of money he's going to get here, whether it is 14 or 13 or whatever, he's going to make a loud statement about his priorities with what he does. And so if I'm his agent, you might, it might be worth saying, shelf some of the money, commit long-term, show the people you want to be here. I bet you if you do eight years, you're the captain in a hot second. Maybe it's whenever Tavares is gone. I don't know. Whenever that is. That could couple be part years. of it too. Yeah, a couple years right now. Could be sooner. Never know. I'm here all day, I guess. <laughs> For two years. Do you not think that uh, him resigning and upping five five years or plus that they, they don't go? Yeah, insta-captain. You, like, you've, like, you've been on this for a year and a half. I have. Like, just give it to him. You want to sell the number 34 Toronto Maple Leaf yeah. sweater with a C on the chest at some point here. I, I would think that that would be a, a, a carrot to dangle. Do you think he really wants it? Or do you, I know the organization no, no, I got would a want better, it for him. Forget him. Forget him for a second. Okay. Is he a captain? Okay. Yeah. Answer that question before hey, does he want it or not? Yeah. Is he? I didn't see captain material last equipped. season. I don't feel equipped. I, I don't know what goes on in that room, how much he speaks di- up. Didn't see it. Didn't see it. Didn't see a guy that, that definitively plays every night and says, this is my team. Yeah. Jump aboard. Because we're going for a ride. Yeah. Didn't see it. You know, but there comes a point where if a guy is close, he gets the C. You know what I mean? Where you'd rather, it's a statement to the guy if you say, we're going to have no captain. Is a statement. Let's say DeVars leaves in two years. Yeah, and they're like, statement. We're not sure if you're a guy, a real they, captain. They, they so we're not going to have one. They signed, That's a statement. They, they, to me, like, I'll go back to John Tavares signing. Yeah. You know what the statement was to me? That you signed John Tavares at the time, you made him the second highest paid player in the league. You took away a franchise player who was a captain for the New York Islanders, and you don't put a, a C on him right away. He didn't get it till what a year a year later. Mm-hmm. Like why? To why? Me, he's never been in the room. It's not his team to come in and oh, lead. Oh, there's some guys you can just wall. Like I know Mark Messier did it, but he you know. I get the fact that there's no Stanley Cup. Literally name an award after his ability to lead teams. (laughs) I know. But there are just some guys you know are just the leader. Yeah. And whether Matthews is or not, he's the face of this team and they go as he goes. If he's bad, they're not going to win. If he's good, they can win. Fans perceive him as the face of the franchise. Okay. Let's answer your your, your question then. Uh, Do you believe that he wants it? I believe that he wants it from a perception standpoint, and I do think he's ready to handle the media. I think he's their best media guy. He he does a good job managing the stress and the ups and downs of things. Better than Morgan Riley? Nah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Morgan's really good. Really good. Okay. Think he should be Morgan? Uh, Morgan, he's got I the just, long-term uh, deal. You he, know, he took a discount. I, can we say that even even – the fact that we're having this conversation on Morgan or Austin says that John Tavares isn't the guy. Yeah. I I feel bad because I am a Tavares fan and I root for him and I, li- I think he's a good dude. But yeah, 
I don't see him as the face of this team at this point. He's not the driver on a night-in basis. And He's he, not someone you'd look to. And he can't carry a team Do you remember when Andrew Ference was named the captain of the Oilers and he was like healthy scratched at times? Yes. It's hard, right? And I'm not seeing Tavares as Andrew Ference. Yeah, That's but not the point. Anytime you do that, and you know, a good friend of mine's Chris King. He was the captain of Winnipeg. Yeah. It's hard for third or fourth it liners uh, to be that guy when he's not leading on the ice yeah. in the and, final minute. And not yeah, and not even leading the guys when there's like three or four guys who like Mitch Marner and Matthews and maybe Willie next year who could be another 40-goal guy. Like there are players who are more important to the team than it's hard to be the leader. Would, would a, uh, a three-year deal or less bother you for Austin Matthews? So bother me? A little bit in secret, yes. You know, like that would be like, it's annoying that he feels like he's trying to wring the team every dollar he can out of it, right? Because that's what that feels like. Let me see the cap go up. Let me put up some numbers and then let me ask you for 16. You know, like it feels a little like, you know, why don't you just commit to the team and be here? Well, that's the, the, uh, that's the word, commit. It's right. A, it's a non-commitment. It's but, a, a dipping the toe in the water, yeah. not all in. But like... You know, four and five years is a long time. And I think that's a commitment. Yes, I'm with you. You know, so I'm... Minimum yeah. four or five. Right. Three, three, three does feel... Tells me you're just waiting for maybe another building to show up right, in your home for, state. Yeah, right? Like Arizona's got a billion draft picks and they're trying to build an arena. Maybe it is different in three years. You know, that's four years of playing time for him. Who knows? Okay. Um, we got Doug McLean in about, uh, what, nine, ten minutes. Uh other talk out there, if we're going to talk uh, insiders, I think Darren Drager put out a report that the Leafs are shopping for assistant coaches, which can mean only one thing, that it's a foregone conclusion. Uh, Sheldon keeps coming back. Well, yeah, the, the tweet itself says that um, Tree Living and Sheldon have met and that Sheldon has input on who the assistant coach is. Yeah. So that input implies you're going to be here, right? So he said they said no extension for him, but there's plenty of time to talk about that. But yeah, he's weighing in on who the assistant coach is, which makes you think Toronto Maple Leafs are going to be coached by Sheldon Keith yeah. next season. Which means, and I, th- I know we've had this conversation, but it has to come with an extension. You cannot let that guy go in and face 20 faces, 22 faces every day. Who think if we lose five in a row, he's gone. Exactly. Yeah. Can't do it. But, you know, the good question here is, if you're Sheldon, would you even sign a one-year extension? That's a good point. Not a chance. A one-year is just like walking to the execution line. I see. You make an excellent point right now because I'm with you. If I'm Sheldon, I'm like, One year, just fire me. No, 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 no. I had, uh, what, 100 and... 115, then 115, 111. 111. Beat the three-time defending right? uh, Eastern champs there's, in the playoffs. There's uh, 16 other teams that didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. So, one year's offensive. That's right. Give me two or three. And I guess if you're the Leafs, you know, you're like, well, we're MLSC, we can afford it. But I don't think they like paying Mike Babcock a bajillion dollars to not coach. I don't think that's fun. So, when you go through the business bottom line, you go, this money, can we not do that? Can we not pay ex-coaches? Listen, I kind of hung out with some billionaires the last little while. Rounding error stuff. They, they don't like they don't like wasting money. No, they don't. Okay, they, 
You got to quit with the attitude. Even MLSE, deep pockets and all. They don't like wasting money. No. Rogers, Bell, they don't like wasting money. It's insulting to people in high positions. Affects that stock price, man. Whatever the case is, JB, uh, they don't want to pay any more than they have to. So this one's going to be interesting to see if yeah. if uh, if Sheldon takes the token one year contract and and goes two. to work. Yeah, I bet you it's two. A two year extension. Yeah, right. If you're him, he wants to coach the. He's Toronto got Maple one Leafs. year left, yeah. so you're saying starting September he will have three more years out of the Toronto Maple Leafs. See, yeah. I think that's. I think that's too much. That's too rich for me. Yeah, but but again, I it's a hard sell to tell a coach to take a one year contract, isn't I know. it? Because it's not a commitment. Well, listen, we're we're right back to. But if I'm Sheldon, a, a I want to coach the Leafs. You know, he is from Ontario. He is a Maple so, Leafs guy. He wants this, yeah. and then well, you get two years maybe, to win, and maybe Kyle can give him some advice on betting on yourself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Should right? we just squeeze that yeah, in? Just one more thing, though, right. on, on the assistant coaches. To me, who are they interviewing and who's it going to be? Is it going to be... Uh, They're like, Galant's your assistant coach. Well, He's like, oh, God. For sure. <laughs> you know? Like, it's going to be someone with NHL experience. They're not going to go get another um, uh, Carberry. They're not going to pull some kid who's never been in an NHL dressing room before. I think it's all one way or all the other. It's this exact thing you're talking about. It's a guy you've never yeah. heard of who makes Sheldon feel safe. And Sheldon doesn't need to be feeling safe. He may he may need someone to say, if you don't deliver the goods by November, bud, you're gone. You know who the angel of death there is? Is Mike Yo. Has Mike Yo not taken over like 40 coaches' jobs as an yeah. assistant? I'll, Maybe I'll, that's a bit I'm high. I'm going to give you a name. <laughs> Maybe it's three. I'm going to give you a name. Right. Kirk Muller. That would make me feel a lot of pressure. If I Calgary were Flames. Yeah. Oh, right, Brad right. Tree Living. Right. Has been a head coach in the league. Been, been a around. head coach in the league before. Former Toronto Maple Leaf. Had success in, my, I'll in be Carolina. Honest, in my head, I just went, boy, one day Kirk Muller's going to be the coach of the Leafs, isn't he? Um, interesting. Yeah. That would make some sense. And I would say one thing that might dissuade that idea is Sheldon Keith having input because I am not selecting Kirk Muller to be my guy. I've long been yeah. like, get the best guy available yeah. and win, but there you got to protect yourself when, a little when, bit. When Rick Tockett, when Rick Tockett was out there, I think, I think there was something between him and the Leafs. Yeah. And I'm not sure that guy would have made Sheldon very comfortable. Yeah. And I, but everyone's I, I was been the, too comfortable here. I was under the impression that maybe uh Tockett turned down the Leafs as an assistant, as, as Sheldon's assistant. Yeah. I, so, I can't confirm that. But that was some of the scuttlebutt. Wasn't that a Boudreaux thing once upon a time too? Someone else. Well, how do you turn it down? The, the, listen, they, they don't want to be over. Um, you know, they don't want a big shadow over them. It's an awkward spot too, as those guys. If you're clearly there to supersede the guy, yeah. if things go wrong. Yeah. Kirk Muller, Stanley Cup champion, Montreal yeah. Canadian, Toronto Maple Leaf. Yeah. First pick overall. You're in the room, and he's like, yeah, you know what, Sheldon, I don't like that power yeah, play set Sheldon, up. Sheldon, like, scrap that, bud. Is this guy trying to, you know, subvert right? me here? Is what he did just... you ever win, Sheldon? <laughs> yeah, that'd be awkward. Yeah, kind of awkward. Well, so that, that will be it'll interesting. It'll be interesting, yeah. real interesting. Okay, speaking of Kyle Dubas. Yes. Can he just go away? No, what? Dubas stories forever. We're going to play Dubas stories all year. We're on Penguins Watch. 
All right. Um, do we have a a, a a Kyle Dubas sound bite from Brock University? Yeah, he was uh, given an honorary doctorate at Brock and spoke um, and made some comments about his time with the Leafs. Okay, let's have a listen. Oftentimes when people are invited to uh, give addresses like this, they have far more life experience and far more wisdom, uh, far more success that they can impart onto uh, the graduates and their families. Um, so though I felt honored, I felt uh, a great deal of imposter syndrome as well. But on May 19th, I was fired from my job with the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it was at that point, after thinking for a couple of months after Dr. Igg had called, exactly what I wanted to say um, and uh, what I could be helpful with. I'd never been fired before. Uh, that was my first time. Um, hopefully my last, but I'll, I'll probably get to that same conversation again at some point. That's life and the way that it goes. As Dr. Igg just said, embrace failure. We've had a lot of failure in my time with the Leafs and Sault Ste. Marie and... Um, I'm happy to share that with you at all times. That's the way it goes. You would have scored a few more points with me if you would have just said, I got myself fired. <laughs> well, I will say the only thing that stood out when I first heard that clip, which I feel bad even playing that clip. I really do. But well, go ahead. The, the first thing that stood out to me is like, did he really get fired? Like how many people getting fired are offered like $20 million contracts do you really get fired when they offer you a contract to stay and then you trip on your own shoelaces on the way to sign See, it? My first thought was... You really get fired. Just, just shut up. Don't talk about no, it anymore. He, Move on. How do you give what a speech wanna, like that and not talk about it? No, you don't have to. Just be bigger than that. Be it's, To me, it still lacks maturity on his part. I'll hear Graham got it. fired. Like you sound like a whiny little I, Caillou. He's imparting his wisdom. Oh, Caillou. <laughs> Sorry, just <laughs> parent shudder down my spine. But why? What, JB, give me one reason why he would give another dig in. It's not and a just dig. Draw, draw all that emotion up. Why can't you just say, great experience, I'm happy to move on, and just let it go? Uh, everything's great. He's imparting his wisdom, embracing failure. Which, you know, he makes a joke of, and I, I get it. I, I just feels too big to ignore, and he had to make a comment about it. But. Oh, I just think, no, 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 be bigger than that. Yeah. Just but, rise above it and move on. It's going to be crazy watching him and Spezza and whoever the GM is, who you presume is a Leaf guy. Can't wait for that schedule to come Penguins. out. Oh, my God, I know. And it's not even going to affect the on-ice play, you wouldn't think, but it's, I mean, there's going to be some media Gonna be some media, that's for sure. Yeah, this is uh they gotta they gotta move Pitt in the Atlantic. So they'll get him three times next year, I presume. That's fun. But yeah, it's uh, you know, he is still a hot button issue for a lot of Leafs fans and a tough it's like a like a an ex, a bad relationship people think about for a while. We are in a, a buyout period right now. Uh lots of talk. Uh another insider, Chris Johnson. Johnson saying that Bunting, Kerfoot, and Hall are not expected to return. No real surprise there either with yeah. what they probably think should be similar salaries or even a pay raise going into their free agency. It'll be interesting because it's not easy to get, you know, big right-handed D-men who can play. 
Justin Hall is a free agent. I wonder if he gets more than the $2 million per season he got here. Kerfoot, it's a guy who's played 17 minutes a night and put up numbers. Bunt, I mean, it's fascinating. Fascinating to see what these guys are in somewhere else. The one question for me as we wait for Doug McLean to join us on Off the Rails Friday is really, I, I know the focus is on Austin Matthews, and as Elliot said, you know, whether it's an eight-year deal or not, is Ryan O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. For me, that one's real interesting if they can bring him back. And that'll shape the fourth line as well. Yeah. If if they don't get Ryan O'Reilly, all of a sudden David Camp becomes real important again to them. Yeah. But if you get Ryan O'Reilly, then Camp's gone and you bring in your 850 Pontus. Yeah. You're on your pontoon boat. Right. Pontus boat. Does that make yep. sense to you? It does. Um, we have Doug with us if you want to throw to Doug. Or. No, let's go to Doug. Okay. Have you been paying attention this last little while in the NHL? Because we got a lot to talk about, or you just been sweeping the porch in Summerside. Drop a death. I heard the drop at the boop. We got booped. Oh, did we get booped? We booped. And Sam's not here? Oh, man. Wow, Tristan. <laughs> welcome to the Sammy Club. He's got about what? 15, 20 drops to go? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what the year total was. We should keep it right, We'll get Doug back. Season. But to your uh, to answer you where you were going with that, I love David Camp. Like big Camp guy, want him on my team. He is the exact guy that you love at one point five, one point nine, two point one. But the sudden he second he's worth three million dollars, and he can't score. Can you have a three million dollar yeah. center who plays in your third line and gets you no points? Well, again, yeah. Where's Ryan O'Reilly, and is he your third line centerman? Because third-line centers on championship teams. What do you think Ryan score. O'Reilly could get on the open market? Five? Yeah, five and a half? But the term is, you know, four years times five and a half? Yeah. Probably. All right. Let's go back to Off the Rails Friday with Doug McLean. You've been, uh, where are you? On the porch? Uh, you on the golf course? Pickleball is Florida, so we'll exclude that in Summerside. Doug? Doug. Yeah. What's going on? Yes. Well, I've been busy today. I've had a lot of yard work to do. Yeah, that's what I figured. I said you were on the porch. Yeah, but I've been working. I had to dig out some stuff around our garage and just some different things, you know? So So, uh, we were speaking earlier. Go ahead. I just realized Vegas Golden Knights, it just hit me watching the Vegas Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup. All the Leafs have to do, <laughs> Leafs have to do to be in the Cup final is do the same as they did with Stone, put Tavares on LTI all year, bring him back the last game of the season, <laughs> and take him right through the playoffs. That's all they have to do. Like, that's what Tampa did. That's what Vegas did. Just go ahead, go to the $100 million cap number or $95 million and put them on LTI for the season. Let them get rested up. You know, um, sure. But in the meantime, the hot button topic here is Austin Matthews, and uh, as Elliot Freeman reported, that uh, Tree Living had already gone down to Arizona and talked to him. Hey, by the way, did you ever envision in all your years of being an executive, and I'm, and I exclude free agents in this, but you would have to go 
across North America to <laughs> visit a player and beg him to sign again? <laughs> I, I, you know, and I never really thought that the first week is a, a dream job of being general manager of the Toronto Blake Leafs that you would have to go and recruit like you're with the Pee Wee travel team. You know, like you had to go over to Don Mills to recruit a kid to come and play over in Oakville. You know, like seriously, what is anyway? I, I you know what? That's the, where we've gotten here. We, you know, I, I'll never forget it, guys. And I've told you this before. When the last, when the collective bargaining agreement was signed, and I phoned Gary Batman, and I said, Gary, you're not serious. You didn't give players unrestricted free agency in seven years. Please tell me that I didn't get that right. And he said to me right on the phone, he said, yeah, Doug, that's the way it is. I will protect you for seven years, and after that, you're on your own. Well, that's what he just told the Leafs. They're they on their own. For seven years, and after that, they're on their own. You Doug, know, and Barry put that in the collective bargaining to get it done. That's why he did it, to get it done. Doug, what, what are the conversations like where you try to convince a player they're not worth as much money as they want. Like I, I can imagine tree living saying to Matthews, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we want you, we want you, we want you, but I don't want to pay you that much. Like how, how hard is it to sort of massage that carefully? You know, I, I don't think it's that complicated. I, I think you, you just take the, the best players in the game, you know, I mean, does does Matthews think he's a better player than Connor McDavid? Really, really deep down, does he think he's a better player than Connor McDavid? Did Connor McDavid? I know it was a couple of years. Yeah, ago. Yeah, like they're signed at different times, so wouldn't that be Matthews' player. rebuttal? Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair, but it's still the highest paid player in the game. You know, it's still who's the highest paid player in the game. And yeah, we can. We're going to have to massage it here, to, you know. But can he not be the highest-paid player in the game and still be okay for the Leafs? Does he have to go to fourteen million, or you know, does he have to go right. a million seven past Connor McDavid? No, you know. I had to. I, I'll never forget doing Rick Nash's contract. I had to give a hundred dollars more than Kovalchuk got in uh, in uh, Atlanta. Because Rick was the first overall pick the next year, and they, you know, they wanted more money than the previous first overall pick. Did you say a hundred dollars? Did you pull it out of your <laughs> pant pocket and give it to him? I didn't. You know me. I didn't have a hundred on me. <laughs> I, I, I promised it to Gord Kirk, uh, you know, that I would give him a hundred dollars to get him over at Kovalchuk, you know. But Gord was good enough to give me credit on it, you know. <laughs> Max, some, some so, anyway, but so, so what is um, what but, is the number that works for you? He, he's at eleven six. He, Mac, he's at eleven six. Nathan McKinnon is now the highest paid player, I believe, at twelve point six. What is the number that works for you, and it doesn't work for the Toronto Maple Leafs? What is the number that does not work? I don't have them. I don't have them in Connor McDavid or Nathan McKinnon's category. I don't have them as, in those two players' category for me, I, especially after what I watched this year. So you what would you would be negotiating a contract better. lower than those two players if you were talking to him? I would be. 
A hundred percent. Wow. Because he's not as good a player as either one of them. He's not as good as either one of them. For me, he's not. Oh, you know, man. really, this year, this this year was not a good year. I mean, I, yeah, he was great at times, but he was pretty average at lots of times too. So I don't know what you know what's he won. Lots. I don't know. Um, speaking of that I money, you know, if you can get him around that category, you know, the, those guys, it would free up some extra dollars to pay your coach, um, you know, that you wouldn't have to spend, I guess. What, what are your thoughts on the idea of Sheldon Keefe coming back? Drager reporting that, uh, Sheldon is working on picking the new assistant coach, which, you know, makes me think he's going to be around. Yeah, I, I'm surprised. I mean, I, not that, uh, not that. Selwyn didn't do a reasonable job. Uh, you know, he's he's had good he's had good regular seasons. He's had limited playoff success. I mean, we just watched Jerry Galant get fired in New York after back-to-back hundred-point seasons. But he went to a conference final. Uh, you know, and he lost in the first round this year. But he went to a conference final and he lost to a team in the playoffs that finished ahead of him in the standings. Um, I, I I'm a little surprised he's back. I, I thought that Tree Living would want to make a statement. You know that I'm bringing my own guy in. That's what I would have thought. That you know, let's. It's time for. I'm the new general manager. It was ideal opportunity to bring his own coach in. But obviously, he likes Sheldon enough and trusts him enough. I mean, I think Sheldon's a pretty good coach, but I didn't. I haven't really been that inspired by his playoff coaching for sure. So we're talking to Doug McLean. I mean, I, I don't. I, I didn't think they deserved to beat Tampa in the first round, but that's just. You know, I, I thought other than five minutes of two or three of those games, they didn't deserve to win those, that series. But anyway, that's fine. I mean, he, he did win it, so I guess you have to give him credit for that. And, I, I mean, look, he's done a great job in the regular season. He's former NHL president, GM, and head coach Doug McClain. Mac, uh, if you are now in a position where the Leafs are shopping for assistant coaches, and the report also had that uh, Sheldon is a part of that, uh, if you're Sheldon, do you do – you, want uh, an experienced NHL guy, maybe even had head coaching experience in the past, looking over your shoulder. I threw out Kirk Muller for the link between Brad Tree Living and Kurt uh, last season in Calgary. Would would that a guy like that make Sheldon uncomfortable? Well, you know, and I don't think he can be uncomfortable. You, you've got to go with the attitude, I'm going to bring in the best the best person I can bring in that's going to help me and us win. And I would be going for the most experienced guy I can find. Like a name that I'm hearing that's out there that's up for some associate coaching jobs is Travis Green with NHL experience, a bit of a players type guy. I, I, I'm not saying he's the guy, but that type of guy with at least that type of background to me would be, not, you know, you don't want a guy that's looking for your job, obviously, but that's, you know, that's part of it. Aren't I mean, they all looking for your job eventually? <laughs> right. They are. That's fine. But, I mean, Lindy Ruff, you know, he brought in, you know, the coach last year that was supposed to take his job 10 games into the season. And Lindy had the best game of his, one of the best years of his coaching career, you know, other than in Buffalo when he went to the finals. So I, I think you can't be, you can't look at it that way. I think you got to look at, I want the best guy that's going to help our team, is going to help me in the dressing room. Uh, I mean, I listened to these geniuses they had on the bench last year, you know, you know how great they were with the power play, and I'm thinking, what am I missing here? This guy is a genius power play guy, and and what was I missing with the genius part of that? 
then he gets a head job. So I just think you got to have a guy that's going to help you with your role with the players. And you you got to have a guy that can sit down and talk to some of these stars and tell them what it's really like when it really counts at playoff time. That's what I think they really need. Yeah. And Sheldon should be looking for that type of guy, a guy that's going to put their big boy pants on at the right time of year and help them get them there. For sure. Help them strap their pants on. I am curious to see if... That's my opinion. You know, the guys in Ottawa are looking for work or what's going to happen there with that ownership group, with that GM, with that coaching staff. It feels like we've been waiting for that to kind of settle in a little bit. What are your thoughts on what's going on there in Ottawa? Dabrinkit goes to arbitration today. Um, you know, seems likely that he could get potentially traded um, at some point here. What are your thoughts on the, the Senator's situation? Well, it's a tough situation because they've really got the, the some really good people in place there from a player perspective to really take a big step. They're yeah. one team I look at them and Buffalo that are going to contend for a playoff spot this year. They should. And and I really, really like their makeup from Sanderson on the back end becoming a star to the kids they have up front, Kachuk and Stute. So I see them as some great pieces there to take a major step. And, you know, with the ownership in flux, and it's in flux until he's approved by the NHL, uh, and, you know, I, I just read the other day there's a lot of paperwork to do to get that done. Yeah, there's a lot of paperwork to be done. There's a lot of negotiating to be done before this is done. You know, this is a time when when big guys, whether it's a, a big corporation being taken over by another, another corporation where some of the big negotiations take place and you try to shave dollars off the proposed 900 million price tag, uh, whatever it really was, that's when you're really negotiating hard to say, oh, you guys were 31st in the league in revenue last year? Ouch. You guys were 31st in the league? I thought you were like 28. So that'll be fun, and that's going to take time. And then the board, you know, they've got to be approved, and the money's got to be at all in place. It's I think there's a lot of work to be done before he can say who's in charge and who's not in charge. So Dorian, to me, I don't know how they do anything with Dorian and DJ Smith till you know, well into the season. Hey, you speak of experience with this because I'll never forget. I don't know where. I, I think I was on vacation or something. I don't know where I was, but up popped up you and a Tampa Bay Lightning uh, logo in the background on a press conference. And I'm like, oh, my God, Doug McLean is now part owner of the Tampa Bay Lightning, and it didn't happen. How in the world do you get the green light to do a major press conference and not end up with the team? Well, it was pretty simple. Uh, I was part of a group that had a contract uh, in place to sign contract with the the Palace of Auburn Hills, who were the owners of the Tampa Bay Lightning. We had a, a purchase agreement done and signed, and it was a hard, fast contract with the Palace to buy Tampa Bay Lightning. And I'll never forget as long as I live, we walked off the stage, and my, the main one of the main guys said to me, uh, Doug, we just lost uh, the group from Toronto that we're going to put 
20 million into the deal. And I said, Oh, great. That's fun. And then, you know what? We, we, we started to, that was in September, October, I believe it was. And, and we worked till December 1st, uh, trying to close the deal, trying to raise 20 million, 15, 20 million dollars to close the deal. And, uh, it didn't happen. Orrin Coolis was a partner of ours and Orrin, uh, was trying to work his own deal to try to get the team. And we ended up, we, we ended up, we had to go and meet with Gary Bettman and Daly in New York and the lawyers of our lawyers and Orrin's lawyers, uh, lawyers and Orrin Coolis took us out of the deal and paid us to leave the deal. And he took it over and the rest is history. He lost it after a couple of years. I think I, I we were paying 200 million for the team is what our deal was 200 million for the Tampa Bay lightning. And I noticed that Vinnick bought it, for 170 a couple of years later. So, did, did I not read a report that they're yeah, worth 1. 1.4 billion? <laughs> what would if you would have kept it and, and they're worth 1.4? You wouldn't be doing this show. Business partner business partner said to me the other night, you know, the Doug if we would have got the Tampa Bay deal done, um, you'd be worth 200 million right now. <laughs> 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 I said, oh, okay. Well, anyway, he's my Jeff, he, Jeff Sharon. He's my partner, and you know we do a lot of real estate stuff together. We have for years. Jeff's biggest thing with that Tampa Bay deal was he wanted the five and a half acres that was basically on the Tampa Bay waterfront as part of that deal. That was the driving force behind him trying to get that deal done. And Vinick has taken that land and just turned it into. He's partnered with Gates, and he's. They've turned it into just an unbelievable machine. So they they knew what they were doing, too, because the real estate was really valuable. Wow. Well, we'll see how this thing plays yeah, out and how fast it takes uh, Ann Lauer to kind of close because right now decisions need to be made. The Brink gets the biggest one. Yeah, and I, you know, yeah, and those, those, that's the big decision. I think they did the right thing by taking them to Now they can, it bides them some time to, to make a trade. So, I think it was a smart move. They can't lose him for nothing with paying a first, second, and third round pick for him at the draft last year. So they can turn it into, you know, a, a good a, a, a draft pick and a prospect or something. At least they get something for him. So you know, they're not they're not getting him. That's for sure. He'll he'll be gone. So all right, we're on uh, summer hours, man. But it's not great leverage. Yeah, yeah gotta let you go, guys. I really appreciate it. Hey, listen. Just uh, sit back on your your dock and have a glass of wine and just think about the two hundred million you lost. Listen, we've talked to him from Portugal and Florida this year. He's doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, don't I just I just got sick to my stomach thinking about it again. All right, <laughs> change the subject. All right, that's okay, Doug McLean, former NHL Thanks, president, GM, and head coach. Always a treat on a Friday. He is. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, yeah. and then you're back with your playoff picks. U.S. Open. You ready? Yes. Okay. Right. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne. We are real Kiprin Bourne. If you get a chance, give us a rating and review or a thumbs up on our YouTube channel. Back after these words. Dive deep into Toronto sports and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkus podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sportsnet 590, the fan. In for Semi McKee on playoff picks. 
JB. It's time for playoff picks presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds. Um, watching the U.S. Open right now, and we're doing golf because there's no hockey. What do you mean? We talked about next year's Cup winner. I actually think this may be our last one of the year, so let's make it count. Appreciate Bet365 uh, being on board for this. All right. Look at the odds. Um, here you go, Kip. We got uh, Xander Shoffley with the, with the is the favorite right now at plus 300. He is uh, tied for the lead with Wyndham Clark and Ricky Fowler. Couple guys a little bit farther back. Dustin Johnson plus two thousand. Like the, the DJ is a former champion, a plus two thousand. So like, he's the, minus four. These four odds would have would have started before the round. I actually have. A, I'm watching, looking at the updated. I like, currently right oh, now where good we're for at. You. Yes, thank You're you. You're a smart better. Uh, you know what I mean. Uh, have, uh, do we know where the leaderboard is? Right yeah, now? right here. We got Wyndham Clark at minus eight, Fowler minus eight, and Shoffley minus eight. But after that, it falls down to minus five. So. You know, if you think those three, that pack is going to get caught, you can get DeChambeau at plus 2,500. Yeah. Tony he Fina. looks thin to me, right? I actually saw... How much weight did he lose? A lot. I saw an interview he did with uh, the No Laying Up guys who are wonderful, and they were like, you've, uh, you know, trimmed up a little. He's yeah, like, I was fat. Of the he, juice. He, he goes, I was fat. He goes, <laughs> oh, was he fat? He, he, as he said, he goes, you can say it, I was okay. fat. He's like, there's your clip. I was fat. All right. You know uh, where everybody's thinking about it. Eh? Yeah, well, suddenly his ball speed six million and he's ripping at it he did look awfully big awfully fast but now ricky fowler ricky fowler plus six what do you think like he tees off late remember it's in california yeah so i'm watching it yesterday and, she, and my wife's like well, like when's the golf and i know and it's I'm amazing like, the oh, west coast it's, golf it's gonna get dark soon yeah yeah so it's it's dark ten here night. It's ten, <laughs> <laughs> like i'm still watching golf she's like you've rewound it and you're watching it over again and i'm like no it's live yeah oh i know it's such a treat turn it on at night like it's a live sporting event well it is but it's it's awesome fowler wonderful story guy who was outside the world top 100 for a while after being you know everyone's darling golfer you know now tied for the lead teeing off this afternoon i'm rooting yeah. for him He's plus 600. Yeah. What do you think of the golf course? Did you get a good look at it on TV? Yeah. Greens look like they're going to be pretty treacherous by lightning. the end of the week. Yeah. Like they just tap the ball and it goes forever. Yeah. But they they scored well. Like that was two records. Yeah. Two two scores of 62, which had only been done, one, done once before in, in PGA history in a U.S. Now, Open. What did Nick Taylor end up even or plus one? I actually didn't see. I saw yeah. some of the Canadians played well beyond so, him. I don't know. I wonder what it feels like for a golfer coming off a high. Is he that sober yet? Fast. Is he sober yet? Do you think? He's and still then, got some Molsons in his like, bag. It's not like uh, that might be an, an issue for. Uh, it's got to be a huge issue for the Canadian Open. Is that you can't get can't go right into the U.S. Open? Is that yeah. a plus or a negative? It, it's a bad spot it's for bad the Canadian spot. Open, and yeah. and they frankly they deserve better it's it's been a great tournament for years now the you know the the guys like playing there nick taylor is plus 200,000 right now what, what is he a thousand over anyway his his number's really long uh so yeah just my, my pick then is i'm doing uh, victor hovland plus 3300 okay we'll wrap it up there nice that has been job. playoff picks presented by bet365 visit the app yes. for latest odds. as we've turned this show into a, a golf hour well what do you want us to do there is a couple minutes left here, and Aginla? Couple, yeah, thoughts on Aginla? because it doesn't. It sounds like it's that 
special advisor. I get to come and go when I want advisor. How about the feel-good Calgary Flames? They got, I saw someone called Craig Conroy the Ted Lasso of the NHL. <laughs> Everyone loves the guy. Now Aginla, who is like the exact same sort of thing. They're just, they went from Daryl Sutter to just rainbows and sunshine. I and don't who, know if that... Uh, Hubert and Weger got their is, way. That is a big swing. That is. You can't be too comfy. We've seen it here in Toronto where I think people would say that at times things were too comfortable. Yeah. I think it's a fair but point. It, it's good cop, bad cop. Yeah. Yeah, you need a little bit of that, don't you? The bad or cop. Or bad cop, not, good cop. Either way, you need you need a bad cop in there. But seems like between Doan and Aginla and uh, uh, Keith Jones, there's that next generation now mm-hmm. stepping Spetsa. into some really uh, important... Uh, True. Jobs. Yeah. Yeah. But it's hard because like, I don't know. What did Aginla make in his career? 80 million, 100? Oh, God. He right? made so much money. Like, money's not the the motivator here. It's to win again, but. Well, he was. Aginla was waiting for his son, I think, to. Yeah. So he'd stop coaching him. Aginla career earnings, 91 million. And that was, you know, he retired in 04 or something. No, well, sorry. Never mind. Uh, four, 14. Yeah. The, the the one thing when you're dealing with guys like that, 70. and I'm not speaking of Jerome, I'm just saying in general, is how, how much are they willing to work? Yeah, good question. And and that's related to the money. It's like, yeah, we'll give you this to be the guy. And it's like, yeah, but I've got lots of money. Yeah. And my time is what's yeah. valuable to me and now. I don't want to go to the minors and talk to kids that uh, uh, 75% of them will never play in the NHL. Yeah. Uh, it's a waste of time for me. It is tough. It's like, give me a good NHL job or I'm not going to do it. And that happens. <laughs> uh, Jester, uh, Jesper Bratt at eight years, 63 million in New Jersey. Good number? Sure. Yeah. He's going to. What uh, do we care? Yeah. <laughs> Over eight be years, honest. that'll be fine. That'll be fine. I just threw June that in. June it is Jesper like, Bratt. Sure. All right. Whatever. Get me out of here. Yeah, My enough. weekend has started. <laughs> <laughs> JB, hey, happy Father's Day on Sunday. And you too. And all the fathers out there. Do they get us presents anymore? I don't know. I just want to watch the golf for 10 minutes. All right. Enjoy it, everybody. Have a great, safe weekend. We are back Monday. Real Kipper and Bourne.